dark power is sort of fundamentally anti-democratic and is sort of the opposite of like public power or or you know political uh, outcomes that would come about through public debate and so on, like C. Wright Mills was kind of holding up as something ideal or desirable, then we got to look at those elements that allow for top-down rule in the United States, okay, and with the United States political system. So obviously, uh, the CIA, we talk about the CIA a lot, this ability to intervene uh, in a top-down fashion, uh, supposedly overseas, where we know they are involved in like, you know, getting involved with elections and assassinations and corrupting uh, civil society in other countries, uh, all the things that the CIA has has done, which is an example of dark power in terms of running the empire, but then also they get involved domestically of Operation Chaos and uh, other and things like that, or FBI with COINTELPRO, uh, you know, the top-down management of politics and control of politics, sort of dark power, or the assertion of dark power. Uh, the continuity of government or the doomsday project is the would seem to be the darkest of dark power in the U.S. system because it's it, uh, initially created to deal with the potential for nuclear disaster, but it gets broadened to deal with other uh, unnamed threats to national security that might arise, which, so we don't really know how it operates, but the details of it, because that's classified, but we know that they have expanded beyond nuclear war, that terrorism is a part of it, and that it was activated, aspects of it were activated on 9-11, and that this is the power to, to, there's no way you can have an entity like this without it having some kind of sovereignty, like we talked about with, with Carl Schmidt, meaning that they decide when there is an emergency and they decide when there, when it is not an emergency. And so, uh, and we don't know what criteria they use. We don't know when they have even decided that there's an emergency. Uh, and, and this is a problem for democratic sense-making. In a more benign or less frightening way, but but very real way, the foundations are sources of dark power. They can manipulate civil society and academia and what we think of as like journalism or, or in, in some ways and, and just our understanding of a lot of events and people, you know, the, they can hire people whose job it is to make sense of society, but they're only going, they're going to be doing it as a, as a vocation because they're employed by a think tank. Uh, and this, they, the foundations pay for this. So the foundations and the think tanks and the NGOs, all of this money that gets put around to influence like civil society, uh, this can be a source of dark power as well because it's you're talking about money that comes from these massive rentier fortunes of capitalists. You know, people who are monopolists, people who've made a whole lot of money. I mean, you, it's like Balzac said, right? The, the, behind every great fortune, there is an unforgotten crime. I mean, I would think that that applies to all of these foundations. And who is it that they give money to? Who is it that they give grants to, to do graduate work? You know, who endows chairs at universities? We've, we've talked about these things in different contexts, but they're a part, they have to be considered a, a form of dark power, of undemocratic power. And they uh, allow for the top-down management of, uh, of society. And we may not even know some of these elements that exist like i've talked we talk about the doomsday machine and there's enough there to be alarmed about the powers that they have uh peter dale scott has talked in the past about uh, the potential existence of another uh, government agency that's perhaps even more secretive and more overriding than the cia and he speculated that people like joseph Alsop might have been a, a part of this and uh i i think that that is a reasonable 
Um, there's a little, there's uh, allusions to this in uh, Chaos, the book about the Manson case. You know, some of the people involved in there uh, seem to have connections and, and their relatives or people that was that were interviewed by Tom O'Neill say like, yeah, dad worked for some agency that was like really secret in the government. He would never even tell us what it was. So this is this is something that we don't it's, it's dark power. And then it's really, really dark power because we may not even know what kind of uh, agencies are set up in the government to be doing this sort of thing. Yeah, and Aaron, we're talking a lot about these structures, but sometimes it's also important to talk about the individuals who occupy those positions, right? We've mentioned the importance of people like Hoover and the FBI, the Dulles brothers in the CIA and State Department. So when you're talking about dark power, who who are the, some of the individuals that work in this particular, you know, murky area of the state? Well, I have a definition here that I can show you, and this comes from my dear friend and mentor, Lance DeHaven Smith, but he uh, he coins this term, the guardian elite, and it's, it's a mixture of Plato's idea of the guardian class and C. Wright Mill's power elite. This was the inspiration for Lance when he, he wrote about this, and he defines the guardian elite as high-ranking officials who are privy to state secrets, who decide what the public may and may not know and who plan and authorize covert operations, foreign and domestic surveillance, and other espionage and intelligence activities. And so this is uh, this gets into trying to uh, the sociology of the deep state, which is not an exact science here because a lot of it is obscured. But I, I try. I came up with. I don't want to call it a taxonomy because I don't really think that this is a perfect way to like put people into different categories, but. The Guardian elite, you know, people like, let's say somebody like James McCord, James Angleton, people who have these very sensitive positions in the national security state, we could think of them as conforming to uh, the definition of the Guardian elite that Lance DeHaven Smith puts out. I also talk about deep statesmen at, at one or two points in the book, and I don't spend a whole lot of time on this, but it's an interesting thing to even to, to think about. People that are active in the realm of controlling, you know, uh, grand strategy and foreign policy in different ways uh, and are, you know, somewhat visible in their, with their, the way they pop up in U.S. history and in U.S. politics. Um, and so you could think of these people as deep statesmen. So somebody like Dean Acheson, right, who was, who seemed to have played key roles in setting up the post-war U.S. empire, okay, like, setting up um, containment, enshrining containment as official policy, and then going even further with that. Uh, because George Kennan is the guy who more or less wrote the containment manifesto uh, in a dispatch from the Soviet Union, from Moscow and the State Department. And he was Acheson's underling. And then Acheson's other underling, uh, his subordinate, um, Paul Nitza, writes NSC-68, presumably at uh, Acheson's um, you know, direction. And so, so you know, this is uh, this is not a position that's explained in the Constitution. This is like dark power. It's outside and above the Constitution for people to have this kind of of power and to formulate these sort of important policies without public debate or real transparency as to how these strategies were arrived at. Somebody like Avril Harriman, right? Uh, he's he was at used as an ambassador and diplomat and fixer for the Democratic Party. In different ways and he kind of straddles this realm between like a deep statesman and uh, the oligarchy which i'll say more about in a minute 
uh, Joseph Alsop, who was at the New York Times and um, was uh, at, uh, I think at Yale for a while too. I mean, he has all these Eastern establishment guys um, that are very, that, that pop up again and again. And Alsop was involved in all sorts of chicanery around the Vietnam War and seemed to be like trying to start the Vietnam War um, and wanted to start, a, almost started a war in Laos under uh, uh, that Kennedy was pressured to undertake and that didn't happen. So he's a pretty serious and kind of nefarious character. He's also one of the people involved in creating the Warren Commission. So the Warren Commission, after Kennedy's executed, Alsop is one of the people that works really hard to lobby LBJ to create this Warren Commission. And it emerges eventually that this was at the direction of Dean Acheson. So who are these people, right? Henry Kissinger is another one. He's a Rockefeller man, big formulator of U.S. foreign policy and of the U.S. empire. Brzezinski, also a Rockefeller man, uh, was at Columbia University. You know, Brzezinski was at Harvard. Um, so the, this, this connection between like the Rockefellers, the Ivy Leagues, and then the national security policy making decision, this is really relevant to understanding these people. Dick Cheney, you know, when he was out of government in the 19, in the 70s, he was a part of like dealing with the church committee and these other investigations, stonewalling them and controlling what gets out about the intelligence agencies in the 80s. He was a right-wing congressman. He wrote this dissent about the Iran-Contra report, basically arguing that the, the executive should have more power to conduct foreign policy however he wants with no legal restraints. And then in the 90s, Dick Cheney's involved in drafting continuity of government plans with Donald Rumsfeld. Uh, and they're this right-wing sort of cabal in the, in the Clinton administration that's not got much input from Clinton or, or oversight. And they plan, and they're these right wingers who are more militarists, and they're complaining about the Clintons and their foreign policy, and they're setting up continuity of government plans while they're out of government. Like uh, this is Cheney's like a CEO, and so is Rumsfeld at this time, and they're working together on this. Uh, people like Richard Pearl, Robert Rubin, the people that have to seem to have more power, and that pop up again and again, and their power seems to go beyond what the actual positions are that they hold. So these are. I think of these as deep statesmen. That was just an excerpt from the American Exception podcast. To hear the whole episode, as well as archived and new episodes, please subscribe to the American Exception podcast at Patreon. There's a link in the show notes, or you can just go to patreon.com slash American Exception. Subscribe and you can join us as we illuminate the dark side of the U.S. empire. 